playing back for 35-year-old Arthur Beetson to wear a maroon jersey. Venegeta close, close cutting back the other way, catches the defence on the wrong foot, he's broken through, he's coming up to Edie, gets away from Edie, he's over underneath. Welcome back to Origin of the Series and welcome back, Jeff. Thank you, Stephen. Lovely to be back. Uh, game two of um, 1982, the first year there were three games where everyone sort of went, yeah, let's take this thing seriously. Well, we did. We <laughs> um, certainly did. And and we were certainly there. We were there. We were I remember 100%. That. We were there because, not uh, spoiler alert, folks, but we were right in front of where Miles ran over Greg Brentnell. Yeah, like a runaway train. And, like um, a big hairy runaway train, yeah. And that was fabulous. Good, good times, good times. But we'll we'll come we'll come to that. But this was uh, uh, Tuesday, the eighth of June, nineteen eighty-two. So we're still on Tuesdays. Um, yep. I don't know where my fixation with Wednesday comes from because we haven't reached it yet. And I did peek ahead, and uh, the third game is also on a Tuesday. So yeah. I don't know. Maybe they're all on Tuesdays, and I just have a. Mental block. Was it because the MCO Cup was on Wednesdays, maybe? Hmm. Hmm. Anyway. Maybe. We got Good this. point. Yeah. It certainly wasn't uh, late night shopping, which was <laughs> introduced <laughs> oh, well. around about then. Wasn't that right? That was a, well, that would have been about then. It would have been. It would have been. That was, gee, that was, that was cosmopolitan <laughs> stuff, wasn't it? <laughs> wasn't it? Wasn't it just? Yeah, those were the days of um, yeah, late night shopping on a Thursday. Freaky Thursday and Saturday morning, you could go shopping. Shutting up at midday. Yeah, and did, not if you work the coals, you had to clean up. You had to clean up and you had to do all sorts of stuff and race off for your game of golf at twelve forty-two. Yeah, so, you did um, that. You Mop did and that bucket lot, to aisle is, seven, Mister Smith. Yeah, it's, that's it. That's it. Heady days when did, I was head casual at Coles, Mount Omni, and I was. That, that, that was a that, that, microphone. They that was a good. That was a good title, wasn't it, Head Boy? It was, yes, yes, it was. I take, I've taken it off my CV since then. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not sure how politically correct that would be these days. Head boy, probably, no, probably, no. probably not. Um, and tell me this: in 1982, so we had shopping. Uh, well, shopping centres open on Sunday morning. Were they open in the afternoon as well? Could you go to Indrapilly, or as my father would call it, the Pilly, no. in the afternoon? No, no, no. No, everything was that was okay. I'm I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure. Wow. Um, and it's interesting because we spent a bit of time down in Ballina, down the high street, country town, and the um the old school menswear stores and so on. They're open till midday on Saturday still. Still. Um, still. Which wow. um. Yeah, not all. I'm not, of them, su- I'm not sure that I'm not sure that it's a bad idea. You know. No. Oh, it's a great Surely idea. that's enough. You can. Hmm. Do, I'm, I'm not. Uh, I mean, my nearest and dearest would be the first to admit I'm not a keen shopper. I'm not enthusiastic hmm. about shopping, um, and I don't need to do it all day. That's for that's for sure. So I would have thought lunchtime on a Saturday. That's enough time. Well, I think depending depending on what the area you're talking about, but I think a lot of places say in country towns they'd go. We'll be open on Saturday morning, so you can come into town and get your. And I'm not being sarcastic. Like, come and get your Wranglers or your 
a Cobra or whatever you need because that's where you might have some time, you know? You should be. I think we just, we just stumbled across a big, a big open box of stereotypes. That's right. Well, you haven't, you haven't been to Ghoulies menswear in Ballina then, have you? No. No, you're right. I haven't. Well. And is that what you'd find at Ghoulies menswear? Yep, he'd find um, all that and more. Sheep, sheep dip and wranglers. That they're the, they're the main main but they've also, items. They, but you can also get Birkenstocks. Birkenstocks. Don't yeah, don't, yeah, don't don't you be stereotyping, young man. No. Wow. Okay. Well, I'm learning a lot. So every day's a school day. Um, so 1982. What else was going on in 1982? Talk me talk me through the music. If you can. Music, okay. Well, the m- mainstream uh, music, the stuff on the top, uh, the top of the uh, charts of Four IP, music such as Ebony and Ivory, McCartney Ooh. and Stevie Wonder. Oh, that was a that was a yeah. real low low creative point for Mister McCartney. I would have thought there was a lot of cheese, a lot of cheese going on there. Um, <laughs> Hurt so good, John Cougar Mellencamp, was it, or was he yeah. Johnny, Johnny Cougar? Um, was then? he a, was he a Cougar then? Probably he was a Cougar then. Yeah, um, two Aussie things. Now he, he who can it be now? Which is men at work. Yeah, time I didn't really I didn't really appreciate, but since since um, since then that was um, a, 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 almost a cry for help. It's a song about, about mental health issues and um, yeah. Paranoia and so on. Colin Hay had a big struggle with alcoholism, so it wasn't he, just a um, wasn't he a did, very interesting guy, really very really interesting, interesting uh, yes. guy. I've, I've I've seen and read a, a good bit about him, and um, yeah, pretty pretty cool. Um, a good guitarist too, uh, much much uh, more talented than uh, than I thought he had uh, going on. Um, interesting. He, he did a, a couple of things on uh, YouTube that I really enjoyed, um, where he talks through the sort of the background to you know down under and overkill and, yeah. and all that yeah. sort of stuff. Well, well worth having a look at. But I digress. Pretty, Sorry. Um, and and just one quickly, I'll um I'll mention because down under is such a massive song that you sort of forget. Yeah. Um, hmm. You know, you, you, you sometimes you forget, you know, the story and so on. But at the um, uh, on the weekend was the NRL Grand Final between the Broncos and the Panthers, and King Stingray, the fantastic um, First Nations band, do a great version of Down Under, which they did, and um, it's in, interesting hearing different interpretations of that. So it's not if you grow up with something, it just becomes background noise sometimes, and you forget, right. you know. Forget how good those songs are. Speaking of great songs, another big song in 1982 was um, "What About Me" by Moving Pictures. Ooh, deep. Ooh, That's another yeah. deep song. We could talk about. It. We could do a PhD on that, but um, we won't. I, I don't. I don't think you could. I haven't thought about that song in many, many a long year. Yeah, yeah. That's been good. <laughs> good, good year. <laughs> Time well spent. <laughs> and the other big hit, and it's funny every time we talk about the hits and top fives kind of thing. Um, Don't You Want Me, The Human League, off the Dare album. And The Human League are touring that this year. 
Um, so that would be a 50-year. Mm. So 50, yeah. 40. 40, yeah. <laughs> There's my maths. So there you go. There's, <laughs> that's what everyone was listening to, but what you and I were listening to and um, and a lot of our friends and hopefully a lot of people who are listening to this, we're listening to tunes like A Town Called Malice by The Jam, Senses Working Overtime by XTC, Love My Way by one of my favourites, but not yours, Psychedelic Furs. <laughs> um, Runaway Boys by the Stray Cats. And mm. Stray Cats were at their peak in, around that time. That, that was great. Yeah, I'm still a big fan. I still listen and, to a lot I'm of uh, uh, Brian Setzer stuff as well. Yeah. Um, I think I, I'm unusual in that I'm a Stray Cats fan that still liked the Brian Setzer Orchestra stuff. Um, yep. Now, I wouldn't sit down and listen to the complete double album that I acquired one day uh, in one go, but uh, it is very good. Yes. Oh, yeah. Um, so, you run away, boys. Uh, not so good, I ran by the Flock of Seagulls. Okay, so yeah, Flock of Seagulls, I'm not a huge fan. No, no. Uh, excellent haircuts, but apart from that, um, hmm. that's about it. But the uh, another, another tune that became a big hit again in 1982 was Tainted Love, which hmm. has quite Soft a cell. history. Soft Cell has quite a history because it was a, it was a hit in 1969. I think for Gloria Jones, uh, she didn't write it, but she had a, a big hit, for, big hit with it. Now she was um, sixty four. Was it? I just looked. Yeah, sixty four. Okay, anyway, she was. She later became um, connected with uh, Mark Bolan and T Rex was and was in fact in the band playing keyboards. And, Is that uh, right? I didn't know that. Yes, and they were romantically involved, and she unfortunately was at the wheel of the Purple Mini when they had the fatal crash, which killed um, killed Mark Boland. So September 16, 1977, she, um, yeah. she escaped with a broken jaw, and she's still, she still, I don't know if she's still performing, but she went on to keep performing. She had quite a history. She Even back in the day, she was doing stuff with Motown and so on, so she was the real deal. Um, and that so, um, that that crash site, incidentally, is uh, is also one of those pilgrimage sites. You know, people yes, go there I all the time it, yeah. and get their photo taken. Yeah, which is kind of kind of weird, isn't it? I've never understood that that sort of thing. Yeah. Although I did go to um, uh, the grave of Jim Morrison in Paris once. Well, I've done that. I recently went to where John Lennon was shot outside the Dakota, even though they tried. Yes. They don't want people doing that. What else? I've been to a couple of other things, which, um, well, I've been to the Chelsea Hotel. I didn't go to Room 101 or whatever it was where Sid killed Nancy, but I do have a bit of a thing for that too. So, you know, um, mm. there you go. But let's move on with um, yes, so Tainted Love. Now, there's one, more, there's one more tune that you and I know well, and it's called I Melt With You by Modern English, was a hit yeah. in 1982. When what a great song. Went on to become uh, part of the soundtrack to one of the all-time great movies, <laughs> Valley Girl, in 1983. We'll talk about that at, when we get to 1983. But, yeah, uh, the, the only good movie that um, Nicolas Cage ever did. The only good movie from 1983, as far as I'm concerned. Actually, um, that's, not, that's not fair, is it? Because uh, Leaving uh, Las Vegas was Leaving pretty Las good. Leaving Las Vegas, yeah. yeah. 
But interesting thing, and this is a bit of me diving deep into the trivia. I'll get I'll mm. get this over with quickly. Please. It was produced by Hugh Jones, who, as we all know, well known for producing Echo and the Bunny Man in particular. The damned charlatans, undertones, teardrop explodes. But for our Australian audience, he did the Saints All Fool's Day. And I knew this. I knew he did produce this. I didn't know he had produced um, Melt With You. He produced the one of the all-time great Australian albums, uh, Doughboy Hollow, or Died Pretty. Wow. Now there's yeah. a connection. Because, you know, I was going to say... The thing about um, I Melt With Hugh is, as, as great a song as it is, and I, and I truly love it, it is very, it's very much of its time. You know, it has yeah. that thick keyboard thing going on. And they and, fade off into the distance and come back again. <laughs> right, yeah, you rush back towards you. And I, I also, as you well know, I'm a huge fan of Doughboy Hollow. I think that's yes. just one of... One Every of, time I drive, you drive past a sign just outside of um, Musselbrook there. I just go and get a photo. I've got about ten of them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah great, great album. But it it is very much of that um, big keyboardy synthesizer sound uh, as well. It is, and, yeah. he, and he made that work. And as we know, we we lost Ron Pino just recently. I still mm. I still have it on my calendar in front of me. Um, the date that I was going to see died pretty live at the uh, Princess Theatre down the road at um, at Annerley. Um, mm. So yeah, so. I just, yeah, I, I I love it when I dig up a bit of bit of gold. Yeah, like that's that. that's that's really interesting. Very good. I didn't know that. Well, there you go. Um, so so that's music in eighty two. Sorry. What else was what what eighty two? I know. I, I I wanted to comment on something from uh, from eighty two that um, is not timely in terms of it didn't happen in, on the eighth of June, but I did just want to comment on the. Uh, the the plight or progress of the Queensland cricket team in the Sheffield yep. Shield in uh, in eighty two, and we'll we'll cover it quickly and move on because it wasn't a great year. Was Phil uh, Carlson Queensland. still around in eighty two? Was that no no he was probably in prison in eighty two. <laughs> I don't know if that's subject to some some sort of uh, uh, gagging allegedly. order, but allegedly, allegedly, yeah, yeah allegedly. He did something naughty. Uh, no, he was gone. Um, Eighty-two. You know that was the that was the era of um, Kepler Vessels uh, was playing for Queensland. Um, Robbie Kerr still still going strong. Jeff Dimmick, uh, Jeff Thompson, obviously um, Border Chapel. But this was certainly the the time when the Test players only played one or two Shield games uh, per year. Yeah. Typically at the start of the the season, and then you wouldn't see them again. So the the shield was typically won by the the, the squad with the greatest amount of uh, depth, uh, or um, by states that just didn't get representation in the Australian team. Or, um, as we all know, the um, New South Wales cap ceremony involves getting a green one at the same time. They typically. Uh, had enough stock of players that had played for uh, Australia that their uh, B team uh, would step up and still win a few shields during mm. the 80s. But the Queensland team in the 82 finished second last, um, only Victoria below us. And 
we won exactly one Shield game that season, and oh. that was against Victoria in the first game of the season. So pretty pretty long season after that. And that's only because um, Tasmania hadn't started. Had they started? I don't think had so. Had they started indeed? I'm not sure about that. I'm not sure. I'm going to come back to you on that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I have a feeling they had. Anyway, um, no, let's think that through. Uh, who got selected first from Tasmania? That was probably Boone in Boone, what, yeah. 84, yeah. thereabouts, because he went oh, on the yeah. 85 Ashes Tour. Um, so, yeah, I would, I would say Tasmania were playing. Yeah. Okay. Actually, no, they must have because Michael Holding played for them in 80 or 81, 80, 80 81 um, mm. season. So, yeah, they were there. And they, they finished above us, obviously, in yeah. the Shield. <laughs> yeah, that's made it much worse. Uh, the, other, the other cricketing news in 82 was we had one test at the Gabba that year, obviously against the touring English team. Uh, so it was uh, towards the end of the year. But it was the second test. We, uh, the, the Wacker used to get the first test back in those days. Um, and the second test was uh, Kepler Vessel's debut for Australia. I know that still yeah. divides the crowd, I, but he did. I was, there, I was there for at least one day for that. Yeah, I, I, I went on the start of the – must have been the second or third day because um, he was out second or third ball yeah. of the – of the day that I attended. So he was 160-odd, not out of night, and I was there to watch him um, get bowled by Bob Willis. I was there to see the 100, so there you go. You should have come to me. Yeah, I should have done. Instead of your snooty Ipswich Grammar mates. (laughs) I don't think I went with any of my Ipswich Grammar mates. When was that, 83? What were we, 18 or 19 at the time? Kids out of school. You might have gone with your Crosby Tiles mates. No, I didn't have any of them. Um, although we did play cricket with some of them, didn't we? We did. Yeah, we played yeah. some great cricket. Although that's definitely for another podcast or a movie, maybe. Yeah. Um, <laughs> maybe not a movie. Anyway, that was uh, that was cricket. Good times with uh, with cricket about then, and things were about to get rough for Australian cricket. Uh, but that's uh, that's eighty two. Anything else happening in eighty two, or, or will we hit the game? We'll save. The, we'll save. We'll save. Um, I've got some excellent TV and movie uh, mm. stuff to talk about. Let's do it next next week with the. Um... Well, actually, before we yes, let's do that. But before we hit the game, um, I, I know you want to talk about uh, a a player that left us not so long back. That's right, and uh, the reason I I. Uh, it came to my attention was because during the Delhi M Awards for the 2023 season, Dale Finucane did this. Um, tri- uh, he, he played acoustic guitar. Dale Finucane, um, who played uh, uh, second row for the Sharks, great player. He, unbeknownst to me, he, um, uh, plays guitar, um, did a presentation at the Delhi M singing an acoustic version of. Um, Simply the best with a uh, female backup. She was great as well. But as he was singing, they went through um, people we had lost. And there was the you know there was the Sattlers and the um, um, 
and, and a whole cut, you know, range of people. And I, then Bob Cooper popped up and I went, God, we just talked about him as being a member of the first Origin yeah. team in 1980, playing in the second row, the, the tough as nails West guy, named in the West's team of the 80s and well-known well known enforcer. Um, so he played he played in um, the Origin, first Origin game, 1980. But um, yeah, he died in um, December... 2022 at the age of 67 of cancer but um what happened in 1982 he was suspended for the equal longest period in rugby league history um there's a game western suburbs magpies um uh playing uh illawarra steelers and Mm -hmm. i won't go into the detail i certainly don't want to glorify the fact that Three Steelers were were knocked out. I'm not. I don't know whether Cooper knocked them all out or whatever, but he. Um, it was a, a extreme, extremely violent game, um, and uh, when conf- when fronting the uh, judiciary, the chairman, judici- judiciary chairman Jim Coman said, "Acts such as these must be obliterated from the game," and I'll begin by obliterating you, and gave him. Um, yeah, the longest, the longest suspension in. Uh, Was that the actual quote? That's exactly yeah, what he said. Exactly, it's in inverted commas. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was just. Did he, did he say "yee-haw" at the end of it and fire his six shooter into the sky? Fifteen months, he said. <laughs> Fifteen months, and so um, yeah, so in nineteen eighty-three, with with time on his hands, he played. Um, Australian rules football with St. George uh, in, the, in their reserve comp and won Best and Ferris Award. Best and Ferris. There you go. Ironic. Yeah. But um, he, in 84, he came back and played um, NRL with Norse, but after four games, dislocated his shoulder, and that was it, retirement. And sadly, yet passed away late last year, age of 67. But um, look, yeah, we certainly, we're in this age now where we know about, about all the issues related to concussion and head injuries and all, and so on. We certainly don't want to be glorifying any of that stuff. But um, no. interesting, back then, those, if somebody got 15 months now, you know, they, they, even when they talk about six weeks or eight weeks for stuff, that's it's big news. So, yeah, yeah. good for thought. Yeah, well, th- I think there's two, uh, thanks for, uh, for bringing that to everyone's attention because two big things that is food, food for thought there. One is... The size of the suspension seems unbelievable, although maybe maybe the game has been successful in stamping out a lot of the the, the more violent uh, stuff. I don't know. I'm not convinced of that. Um, but the other thing is, whilst we know a bit about concussion now, I, you know, it's a it's a steep learning curve, and I'm not sure we're very high up the up the up that curve. Um, and the more people uh, are aware of uh, concussion and the potential damage that it causes, the better. Um, yeah, I know yeah. from from my own personal perspective, my uh, son's rugby uh, is very very closely monitored. Any you know he's under sixteen. Any uh, any head clash is taken very seriously. They're taken off the field if there are any symptoms at all, and right up to just not being able to get back straight back up is enough to have them removed from the the field and they will sit them down for a couple of weeks irrespective of whether they're 
uh, fine and dandy the next day. So, you know, th- these things are taken far more seriously than they than they used to be. Oh, they and were a badge of honor back it, then, weren't they? It's like, yeah, oh, he's and come back on. He's knocked down. He's come back on. Exactly, and that you know he he he's played four games in a week, and you know had had a head clash in each of them. You know, when we hear that now, it just seems shocking, and it should. I'm I'm, yeah. I'm delighted that it sounds shocking now, but uh, yeah, no laughing matter, and and I, I I hope the 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 medical progress, of the investigation, the research continues apace because. The game has a responsibility to protect its players, and hmm. um, uh, yeah. Anyway, that's that's me, my, my sermon over for for the time being. God bless. <laughs> <laughs> let's get on with this game. Yeah, let's let's talk footy. Let's let's talk footy. Game so. Yeah, so let's uh, let's let's talk about the team, shall we? Who do you want this week? New South Wales or the Maroons? I'll go. I'm happy to stick with New South Wales. Did you want okay. to sit up with who, who wasn't playing? Yeah, controversial, but yeah, go on. Yeah. Well, I don't know in why you might have some more background, but we know Meninga wasn't playing. Um, both said was out close. Meninga had a shoulder injury. I know that. Right. Um, uh, and I know that would hamper him for for much of that season. Um, boasted, I'm sure it was an ankle, uh, but I, I'm, I might be wrong. But I'm mm. sure he he started having ankle problems then. Yeah, so close yeah, was yeah. still injured. Close was still injured. Mick Cronin, um, no doubt, it's something to do with his knees. Is <laughs> <laughs> lack thereof? <laughs> maybe he found one and didn't know what to do with it. <laughs> maybe. maybe. But anyway, that this that led to all sorts of um, uh, consequences and hilarious, <laughs> hilarious <laughs> situations. But serious, like not serious. I, I, hang on, hang on, hang on. Just before you go any further, I know where you're going with that, and I thought we'd covered this in previous episodes. Um, we, that there is one thing that is not for joking with, and we'll come to it. But I just just a little right. early warning. Early warning. Okay, let's go through this New South Wales side. Uh, Brentnell at fullback, Tony Melrose Place uh, on the wing, on the <laughs> other wing, he's the ex, the ex rugby player. Um, now, Ziggy Niscott on the other wing. Now, they put Brad Izzard replaced Cronin. Um, mm. He's an informed in centre from South Sydney with, with Rogers, who there was suggestion that he was injured, playing with an injury. Um, yeah, Brad Brad Izzard had had only played seven uh, senior games at that point, and why do I know that in particular? Because Rex bloody Mossop wouldn't stop banging on about that for eighty minutes. He must have mentioned that six times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's um he's a details man, Rex. <laughs> he certainly is. is. Well, when it comes to Brad Izzard, nobody else. But yeah, um, anyway. <laughs> that's right. So you got Alan Thompson, the, the the manly who also Rex is in love with. Uh, Steve Mortimer, mm. Price, Muggleton, Rampling, Young, Krillage, Coveney. That's pretty much the same pack as um, game one from memory. Um, in the reserves, yeah. the great Brett Kenny um, and Royce Aliff. So that's a that's a good side. It is a good side. But they would, yeah. you know, as we, when we run through when we run through the game, geez, they missed Cronin for lots of reasons. I think. Um, 
<clears throat> they did, and, and there's a, <clears throat> a couple of uh, New South Wales players had absolute shockers. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, I guess I guess we'll enjoy that when we come to it. Yeah, um, Queensland. Woo-hoo. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, Cole Scott at fullback still. Yeah. Um, yep. John Rebo continues on the wing and, and is about to have an absolute stormer. Yes. Um, in the uh, centres this time were Graham Quinn and Gene Miles. Yep. Brand new centre partner for the first time in um, in Origin when we say, say Origin history, but since you know in the in the early days. Now Quinn was a very late inclusion. He flew up that morning. That's right. Um, yeah. Yeah, and Gene Miles was. Um, and was that sorry? Did um, Meninga fail his physical that day? Was that or did Mitch Brannan? Something, something's bugging me about that one. It might have been um, Meninga's physical that he failed. Might have been that one, but yeah, he flew up, flew up that day. Um, sorry, you were going to talk about Graham Quinn because well, um, he he had been a a, a stalwart for. Um, oh, very for Queensland, solid, very solid player, great player, um, uh, and a brother's player. Yeah. Has to be. Yeah, I'll let that one slide. Yeah, <laughs> we get very few, so we have to yeah, take them as right. they come. Yeah, Harry um, was busy that day. <laughs> <laughs> Brad Backer on the other wing. Yep. Um, halves, obviously Lewis and Murray. Um, and I'm pretty sure, yeah. Norm Carr comes into uh, yeah, it's into the first lock. Time he starts, right? He's, and, um, yes, and it I'm is. Back on some of those um, old rugby leagues, Brisbane rugby league teams. He was playing in Brisbane teams in 1976. Like he's been, he's been, he'd been around. He's such a good player. He's like, I reckon he's like the Stuart Law of um, right. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. Like, and just one of I those do. guys, just bit of wrong place. And having said and that, sort of, he had a great career, but geez, he could have been anything, you know. Yeah, and and it's sort of an, one of those guys that somehow seemed ageless. You know, a little little bit like we were talking about Cronin last week. Mm. Just never seemed to have an age attached to him. Just seemed to be yeah. a, a good, solid player from his first game to his last game. Although I'm pretty pretty confident you weren't best pleased when he went to Souths, were you? No, God no. Don't know what yeah. the hell was going on there, but anyway. Well, it was uh, cash. <laughs> it was cold, hard cash. Yeah. yeah. So the um, the pack, the Queensland pack, it w- was shuffled around a bit uh, on the day of the game. Um, uh, Rod Morris, who had made a comeback for Wynnum, well, a comeback. He had played in '81. Uh, um, was he still playing for Belmain in '81? I have a feeling he was. Um, yeah, he was playing for Belmain in 81, came back up, retired, came back up to Brisbane and um, started playing late in the season or halfway through the season for Wynnum and was playing so well that he got picked in the uh, in the Queensland team. And the day of the game, um, uh, he, he was picked originally as a reserve and the day of the game, uh, Artie uh, decided to start Morris and yeah, so, asked yeah. uh, Paul Vorton to do, do the decent thing and go and sit on the bench, um, and which was a bit of a surprise. I, I actually distinctly remember this this going on the the day of the game, and I thought, Jesus, 
that Ron Morrison doesn't play footy anymore. That seems like a like a real left field one. But yeah. um, he would go on and be man of the match and have an absolute uh, classic oh. Ron Morris type type game. Every time I watch those games back, off you go. Besides being tough and doing the tough the tough take ups, um, the skill like the you know all sorts of. Um, you know, second phase play they'd set up, you know, and yeah, um, yeah, very, very, and, you know, yeah, just very clever, c- clever player. And we will come on to him a bit more uh, depth later on. But the, his inclusion, so they had to shuffle the pack around a little bit. Um, Rowan Hancock, who was originally selected as prop, um, then drops back into the second row, um, with Paul McCabe and um, Rod Morris goes into the front row with uh, John Dowling uh, continuing as hooker and Paul Kahn, uh, the other prop. Yep. And so, you know, stiffening up a, a, an already pretty stiff uh, Queensland talk- pack. Yeah, and, the, and the reserves? The reserves, yeah. Um, <laughs> so Paul Vorton's on the bench, obviously, yeah. and, uh, and the great Greg Holman, who I notice in... Uh, somewhere might have might have just been uh, wiki. They talk about him not getting on the pitch, but he does. He does actually get on for a few minutes at, at the end, um, and that would make up that would comprise his entire uh, origin career. A few yeah. minutes at uh, the end of look, this game. You know, you know, these things happen. You know, he's a, he's a great player for East. <laughs> you know, very angry, but you know that's that's okay. Um, Gr- Greg Holman was a was a, a a good player in the in the BRL, but I think it's fair to say that he wasn't always the most popular opponent um, that anyone ever had. He was a just a real snarly sort of uh, argumentative, difficult uh, guy. But yeah, it's hard, it's hard to like. You know, I wasn't you. You wouldn't. It's not the first guy you ask over for a barbecue, but you know. <laughs> No, but he also spent some time at Corbett Park and we were very grateful for his company. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that was your, that was the Queensland team. The only other thing I wanted to mention about the, um, the, the, the new faces that day was um, this was the, um, uh, the first, I'm pretty sure, uh, first appearance by Barry Gummersell as yeah. referee. Yeah, it was. And and for the, I I noticed even in Wiki, whoever updated it most recently, <laughs> clearly not much of a fan because I want to I want to quote this. Um, uh, they were aided in this by Queensland referee Barry Gummersell making his own Origin debut and allowing the Maroons enormous latitude in the tackles. Well, unbiased reporting, if ever there was some. And I would I would also note that the uh, the Penalty count that day in this desperately one-sided refereed uh, match favoured the Maroons 14-11. Not 14-1, folks. 14-11. Just want to make that point. Just just drop that in there before we start. Yeah. And that was the... um, Those were the stats. Actually, one other thing to mention, sorry, just before you... um, talk us through the match is uh, a pretty poor crowd um really disappointing crowd of uh what was it 19 19,435 and uh, right? 
Yeah, and I, I, I normally wouldn't go and look at the at the attendance because you know, usually you would expect Lang Park to be full or, or damn close to it. But I saw a lot of gaps in the crowd um, looking over Cole Scott's shoulder as he lines up another magnificent kick for goal. And there's there's gaps all over the place, and yeah, nineteen thousand. Okay, yeah, I wonder what that was was happening there. Maybe um, so, well, it wasn't some late Tuesday night, night shopping. Thing. We know no, that. it wasn't it wasn't late night shopping. Yeah, I don't know. Who knows? Who knows? But that was the the the, the that's the background to the day. Now I'm yeah, very look, keen to hear you talk us through the game. Well, look, it was um, it was a it was a low scoring game, and it was it was interesting because. Um, I think um, New South Wales were quite scrappy overall, and Queensland, when they got the opportunity, they 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 were like they were they played some great they got some they played some great footy. Anyway, look, New South Wales kick off the Caxton Street end. Uh, Lewis kicks for touch early in the set, setting the mm. scene that we know that Wally Wally knows every blade of Lang Park and knows how to. Um, knows he how did. To he did have a great kicking game. He he made a lot of yards. He did, he did. Um, there's an early penalty for New South Wales offside. Um, Nicole Scott gets a uh, a kick pretty much in front, and at the time he missed. And at the time we thought that's a pretty bad kick, <laughs> Cole. <laughs> now I have warned you about this. <laughs> I've had seven irons like that, and and. Um, you know, and that's like you know, but that's that's one thing. But it's a messy start. Backer spills one early. New South Wales on the attack, but they lack cohesion early. And this that was a theme for the, most of the game. They did not have much attacking cohesion. Tough as nails in defence, but yeah, um, a lot of a lot, a lot of drop ball. That it was it was a bit greasy. I know. Um... I read my notes. My next line was a lot of drop ball, but there had been rain early, so the ball was greasy. <laughs> Yeah, no, I haven't read your notes, and um, that was, yeah. as we are currently twelve thousand miles from each other, it right. would have been yeah, difficult for me to do so. That, yeah, um, yeah, a lot of drop ball, and to the point where I know New South Wales got a penalty at one point, and Greg Brentnell went out and was rubbing the ball on the back of Krilich's jumper, so mm. to just try to dry it off. Now it was pretty; it's a pretty messy start. Um, in the fourteenth minute, Queensland start to get some rhythm going. First, I went down the right-hand side through Morris, Murray, Lewis to Miles. And this gives us a sign of things to not just come in this game, but probably for the next 10 years when Miles, as we know, didn't have a great sidestep. He just had a, I'm just going to run over you. And he, yeah. and he tried it on Rogers. Rogers clung onto him. That was and, 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 um, and pulled him to ground. But, you know, this was a, a sign of things to come. Um, the next set, there were two long passes. Um and the one one from Dummy Half, I was going, who the hell's that? I thought it might have been Khan. I couldn't work it out. It was Graham Quinn. So he mm. threw a beautiful pass to Lewis, clearing the ruck. Then Lewis threw one of his, his to Murray. Um, then Scott looming up as he does, then into Revo, who looks like he might be away, but Mortimer takes him low. And Mortimer's great. You know, one of his great low. It was, a, it was a fabulous cover defending tackle. It was, yeah. The um, you know, Rivo played it forward, is tackled by Mortimer recovering. He's offside. Penalty to Queensland, ten yards in from ten yards um, in from touch, um, uh, thirty meters out. There's a bit of discussion as to um, should they take the kick for goal. 
and history is made. They <laughs> decide. Let's take this kick for goal and get some. All right, I, I, t- I tell you what, I'm going to be I'm going to be fair, but only for a limited amount of time. I will take the handcuffs off for thirty seconds. You can use the thirty seconds however you wish. Rex Mosser makes, in my opinion, probably his only accurate ever piece of commentary <laughs> when he says, "Oh my God, I've never seen a worse kick." <laughs> And it, was, it went, it seriously went about five meters along the ground, a little left top. I've, I've, you know, it's just, it was a shocker. I don't know. It was a well, shocker. Look, and, and, then, and then, look, and I'll, I will jump in here. Play went on. Everyone, yeah, it was shit, obviously. Blah, blah, blah. Um, the next set, I don't know who it was, probably Mortimer. Here's one down the ground. Maybe Brentnell. Here's one down the ground. Scott when his confidence should have been shaken, takes a brilliant overhead take running yeah. backwards into his own quarter, which is the Cole Scott way, you know. So, you know. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, that kick. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> yeah. Look, it's, it's, um, it's all part of life's rich tapestry, isn't it? It is. To, it is. to appreciate your highs, you've got to experience a few lows. I, I can't think of any more cliches to, to try and cover what was a momentously poor attempt at two points. Um, yeah. I, I would, it, it, I, I think it's probably not worth, not worth commenting that it, it went further than uh, five yards. It must've gone six or seven. Yeah. Um, yeah. All, albeit along the ground and in the wrong direction. But look, uh, yeah. yeah, that was one of the highlights. One of the one of the, it was not a highlight, but it's just a, a, a you know, a, geez, a, yeah, a, a signpost, wasn't it? Rugby league's the entertainment business, my friend, That's and right. that was pure entertainment. Look, at some stage there, not long after that, Thompson and Lewis. Look, we didn't see this. This is Rex saying, "Oh, Thompson and Lewis having a bit of you know, they were, they were having a bit of a go to." Um, and I think Rex liked to think that Thompson and Lewis were kind of equal. Yeah. Mm. You know what I mean? Like he thought, oh, they're both buying for the, you know. And Thompson, yeah, he's a, a good player. But I think comparing Lewis to Thompson's a bit like comparing Craig Sargent to Don Bradman. You know, that's a bit, <laughs> yeah. You know? Look, or Wayne, Wayne Phillips, Adam Gilchrist. Yeah, they're all they're all good, but it's like, um, and you we probably weren't to know how you know that Wally what what, what Wally would become, but um, that bias mm. that, that that Rex showed. Uh, look, I, I think we, we've, I think we had a pretty fair indication of Wally Lewis's career trajectory, yeah. Um, and yeah, I, I, when I, I watched this game back yesterday, that that line really did leap out. You know, they're both vying for the um, yeah. um, for, for the Australian number six jumper. Um, I didn't think so. And let's face it, uh, Alan Thompson, solid a player as he was, he had a shocker in this game. So oh, yeah. you know, if if it truly was the uh, selection trial that um, uh, interstate games are supposed to be, surely that ended that discussion. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, and the thing about Wally was he just he just owned owned um, the field, didn't he? Like defense attack, yeah. he just he just nothing, and he knew he, he knew how to get to the weak spots. Like that, the previous game when he went after Cliff, um, when he went after. Um, Terry Lamb. 
You know, he just yeah. went, I, I, know, I know how this works. But anyway, let's, let's keep moving. 20 minutes. It's only 20 minutes gone. Lewis puts up a bomb. Brentnell spills a tough one. New South Wales offside. Penalty in front. <coughs> Who do you go to? <laughs> Carl Scott. <laughs> Which is such a gutsy thing, you know, really, honestly. And he, got, he, he kicked the goal. And uh, it's 2-0 on the electronic scoreboard. <laughs> still, Rex is still pretty impressed with technology at this point. Um, I might just take this opportunity to um, bag Rex a bit more. Um, Please. He was, and and he take was, all the time you need. He, he did, I reckon he did very little preparation as far as... Um, I reckon he did very, very little watching of the game because the amount of times he got the wrong player was just astounding, and and some of the some of the confusion of of players, uh, it, it was breathtaking. Um, oh, it was. Um, he, he, you're right, and 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 it's hard watching back, and I'm trying to make notes and go, what do we talk about? And he was no help. Uh, you, you know, <laughs> he wasn't. I mean, I'm sure that's. I'm sure that's Graham. I'm sure that's. And he's calling players left, right, and centre. I'm going, no, no, no. I don't think that's right. That's right. you know. He did not call Norm Carr by name once during the whole call. No. He didn't just set up when he went through the team names. But Norm Carr's pulling off great tackles in his. Yeah, no, no, not one mention. Yeah. He, he just it was. He had about about six or seven of his favourites, and he just bang on about that- them. Yeah. That that's right. Oh, he Hancock. can tell the difference. Uh, that I was just about to mention uh, Rowan Hancock. He recognised him because he he gave him a bit of a bagging at one point that uh, that he wasn't industrious enough. Which, I mean, if of all the things you could accuse Rowan Hancock of being um, involved, I, I would say you know he he didn't need to be asked twice to uh, get stuck into the game. But he he certainly at least recognised Rowan Hancock. He, he didn't tell the difference between Paul McCabe and Norm Carr, and let's face it, he didn't try either. So no. if, it, if it was eight or nine, it was Paul McCabe. Yeah, he did not. Yeah, he was quite uh, disres- disrespectful. And, I, yeah, it was just unprofessional. And and he's also just carried on like a school teacher and just, you know, with his um, you know, sermonising about behaviour and so on. But anyway, that's that's Rex. God bless him. Um, <laughs> we're getting quite religious in this particular episode. Yeah, yeah, a lot of blessing going on. <laughs> uh, game went on. Lewis started to pull out his his, his classic touch finders, um, um, and also he started to pull off some of his big hits. Which yeah, he did. He did that thing. Like he'd he'd, he'd get a he'd fine touch. Uh, New South Wales would get the ball and then he'd make it his job to pull off a big hit and get every, G'ing everybody up. So he did that. Mm. That's about 20, 25th minute. Um, well, he, he did that. Sorry, I, I just want to jump in for a sec. I, there, there was definitely a um, a combination, a sequence of events with uh, with Lewis um, when he would go for that front-on big hit, really uh, jar the, the opposition have them struggle to to get up and play the ball and rake back. Lewis would rake back at the at the same time. Yeah. It was remarkable and, and clearly not a coincidence, you know, pretty pretty clever footballer, um, that he would combine all of those 
uh, events in in one play, but he did it time after time after time. Yeah, yeah, it, it, he's yeah, he's a, a student of the game, as we say. Um, yeah, look, he did. You know, he after that, he just pulled off another classic touch finder. After that, um, uh, and the next tackle, Price is pulled down in a great tackle, and um, he drops a grubby little elbow into him while he's on the ground, which is just. <laughs> Really, it's just pure inspiration. Mm, classic um, price. Then, then, then came a few plays later. The penalties are going seven one to Queensland at this mm-hmm. point. You know, we could argue the toss on that. But uh, Dowling, Murray, Lewis, McCabe running wide. Uh, McCabe almost through, and we go in really close. Like McCabe had a yep. had a blinder. Quick play the ball. Then Quinn throws another great pass from dummy half to Murray. Then Khan. Then he, it's the great inside ball to Dowling. He makes a half break, fires it to Gene Miles for the one of the classic origin tries when um, he doesn't step left, he doesn't step right, he just keeps running over the top of Greg Brentnall and goes over the Milton Road end. And um, we were we had a pretty good view of that. <laughs> we did. We did. And he used um, Greg Brentnall as a speed bump and um, plants the ball just over his head. Yeah, though to be fair, nobody would have um, stopped him. But generally, no, no, they they wouldn't. And and I like the fact that he probably had time to step around him and just thought, no, bugger it, no. <laughs> just cut straight. But he did that look when I was talking earlier about when he tried it on Steve Rogers. He just went, no, I just couldn't <laughs> be bothered. Like, no, I don't need to. I need to. Yeah, it's like, and um. That would work out well with him in the future. Um, anyway, <laughs> so it's it's um, uh, Lewis. This time, Lewis takes the uh, conversion, sprays it right. Um, so it's it's five nil, twenty six minute. Um, pretty much next set, Queensland throw it around, and Miles makes another good break. So he's having a ripper. He's just but he he's running a bit right. Um, then Queensland really go on the attack, throwing it around, making some good breaks. Khan had a great game, standing wide. Um, did. Throwing lots of inside balls. Rebo is, as we, as you mentioned earlier, he's looking threatening the whole time. You know, yep. every time he gets his hand on the ball, and and not afraid to leave the left wing and go go looking for the ball and uh, help out the forwards for a while. Very very enthusiastic to get involved. Yeah, yeah. And he's got the size for it, and as we know, he ended up he ended up. At, I think he started as lock, went to the wing, started and ended as up a lock the forwards. Yeah, with yeah. West, the mighty West yeah. Panthers. God bless them. Anyway, now, do you remember, or you do, because you watched it yesterday, but New South Wales, you know, they keep trying these bloody overhead bombs and blah, blah, blah. Then from a scrum penalty, they tried that. Is it, did it come from rugby that where the two guys just run across the field? No. And, I, well, I don't I don't think that came from rugby. I think that came from, from the, the circus. Roosters. Circus, the roosters, same thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it came from Barnum and Bailey's. Yeah, uh, Clowns running in different directions and people getting sprayed in the face with flowers mm. and stuff. Mm. Never worked. Didn't work in the circus. Certainly didn't work no, in Lang Park. It did not work. Um, though, um, yeah, because the, they did that. Mortimer slipped the pass to Muggleton. He got absolutely cleaned up by Paul McCabe. He <laughs> 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 went, take your circus, pack your tent up and get out of here. Um, and and, and, and um, Muggleton didn't like that. And, and he started throwing punches, got a bit nasty. Um, 
And so sorry, I, I just I just want to jump in with one more um, Rex Mossop moment. When um, Paul McCabe throws a short one to, at uh, John Muggleton, Rex Mossop says, and I quote, from one New South Wales man to another. Mm. He just didn't get State of Origin, did he? No. He just, no. To, to his dying day, he just didn't get that we had moved on. And I know Rex Mossop was a, uh, he must have been a good uh, player. He was a dual international and he was a front rower and, he, you know, he, I'm sure he knew what he was talking about. But you said but, he's a front rower and he knew what he was talking about. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right. Well, he was a front rower. Yeah. And, and that's it. Um, yeah. But the times had moved on. State of Origin was here to stay by then, but he is still banging on about um, Paul McCabe being a New South Welshman because he played his club footy down there. Mm. Yeah. And that's kind of the theme that's continued, whether it be true or not, to this day. Mm. That's fine. Well, that works for us. And God bless them too. Yeah. Well, so while, while the mccabe Muggleton thing was going on, they almost all let play flow and... Um, uh, and ball went out wide um, uh, to Izzard, and he burst through um, a Quinn tackle. But you know, he, it was a good. It was just a good individual try. He's over in the. Um, he's over in the corner on the. Um, yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that. Though the um, everyone south of the border, Queen, uh, keen to jump on uh, Barry Gummersel's back about no. this, but um, Barry Gummersel always said he was there to uh, ref. Uh, rugby league, not a fight, fights, and that yeah. that fight was going on. And New South Wales were the beneficiaries of Gummersall yep. uh, being a rugby league ref. So, just want to plant that little flag there for for future reference. And look, I, I was of similar thinking, thinking uh, we uh, we got the best of of the Gummersall um, decisions, but watching. Back through, he let a lot of stuff go. He let a lot of blatant New South Wales knock-ons go, and I don't know whether that was whether he just thought that's best for the game or whatever. And I know it worked both ways, but I don't think it was. Um, I don't think it was as corrupt as everybody as everybody thought. No, but um, anyway, look. So New South Wales score. Uh, Melrose place misses from the sideline really badly. It's five three. This is the the repercussions of. Not having Meninga and Cronin, don't you reckon? Because um, while they're both toe kickers, they geez, they they still landed some from the side from the sideline, you know. Yeah, it certainly made maybe. a difference. Yeah. Another thing I just wanted to point out, and I think I mentioned this last week, but what a good defender Mark Murray was. Yes. Yeah. A good game, actually. Um, Great game. Looking back, and very, very uh, keen to carry the ball up. Um, yeah, you know, no, no, no fear of uh, the physical stuff. He was your classic Origin player, even back then when it was like, who's who can do the tough stuff? I know early in the game he pulled off a, I don't know what you call it, a try saver, but Craig Young on the burst early in the game, and he just mowed him down. And he pulled up, he, he just not didn't just tackle him, he upended Muggleton, and um, uh, and and just he was just a tough little. Defender and um, and um, it's like you know having seven forwards, which is kind of what you want want from a halfback at Origin. Mm. I think three minutes still to go till half time. Queensland looking good. Rebo, as you mentioned earlier, pops up on the other wing in in, um, in in support. 
Um, and it's, and that's ominous because he's just been really threatening. Um, so Queensland put on a bit of attack and Gene Miles is still on the rampage. And as, as Rex pointed out, Gene Miles is 22 years old and 15 stone. And he got kind of stuck in a, didn't know which way to go. So he just hurtled over these blokes. <laughs> 15 stone. He just hurtled over these blokes um, and, and, and kept, the, kept, the, kept the attack rolling. Um, yeah, two, yeah, so it's, it's nearly half time. New South Wales on the attack. There were two blatant knock-ons, but, but almost let them go. Um, New South Wales get a penalty right on half time, and they pulled off another one of these ridiculous stunts. And I was surprised mm. to see Steve Rogers get, get involved, to be honest. So they get the ball boy out and they put the bloody mound of sand down, like on the sideline. And I think they may have been doing this in, in club footy. It's kind of like um, an attacking kick. Like you would have been better off putting up a bomb. But mm. the idea was to put it up and, um, you know, an attacking kick in, and um, cross field kick. And he just kicked it out on the full and looked like a complete dick. And that was it. That's the end of the um, and that was the end of um, yeah. That's that was the beginning of um, New South Wales, not the beginning, but a continuation of New South Wales show pony stuff that we would be um, seeing more of later down the time down the years. Um, it's half time and it's five and it's, yeah, low scoring. Um, it would have been higher scoring, but that's only due to goal kicking, not try scoring necessarily. That that's right, and and it was a, a pretty uh, open. Uh, game of footy yeah. so far, lots of, yeah. lots of, uh, lots of breaks. Now lots of drop balls, um, but lots of lots of breaks, um, lots of one end to the other type uh, stuff. And I, I, I really enjoyed it. I, I remember enjoying the game um, firsthand and looking back at it, good fun. Yeah, it was. Um, and we started to see. Like we'd seen it at club footy, but even Rex was impressed with this long passing from Lewis. Lewis was just throwing those long passes. And that's why I was surprised. If Quinn was throwing some not as long. Paul Kahn could throw a great long pass. So in the second half, they really got their attack there going. And it was um, mm. it was really good to see. And New South Wales didn't. And they were kind of doing a lot of one, one-off stuff. Um and even, even from the kickoff, Lewis kicked off Rampling, got taken into touch. They had a dodgy start to the whole second half. They, they did. They made a few mistakes, one after the other, bang, 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 yeah. in the second half. They did. Um, and, you know, Paul Kahn was huge. Um, John Dowling was huge. He had a, he had a great game, um, particularly after yeah. getting paste, a pasting in their first game in the scrums from Krilich. And, um, I mean, he lost the scrums like... Seven one or something, something crazy. But um, hmm. uh, God, who knows what that he put that down to? But they were um, he fixed he fixed that part of his game up, and um, they really started to play some good footy. The Queenslanders, a lot of a lot of those long balls, a lot of inside balls with to, to Scott and Hancock in particular coming on the inside. Hmm. There was a sequence pretty early in the in the first in the second half. So um, Queensland got a scrum penalty and went on the attack. Um, and after a couple of settlers, Dowling throw, throws it wide to Khan, who sends a lovely long ball into space for Rebo. And this is, you know, a sign of things to come. Steps a couple of blues and goes over in the corner. Like it was just um, a great piece of play. And Rebo has been, th- we knew he'd been threatening this for a while. Um, mm. 
So that was... Um, but he was born to play State of Origin footy, John yeah, Rebo. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I know he divides the, the crowd a little bit because of the Super League stuff, but, uh, you know, he was a big game player and, uh, and I loved him. I thought he was fabulous. Well, he was, and as we know, he went on to become a, a highly successful sports administrator. administrator. So he was like a, yeah. you know, he, he was um, a big game player and a big a big thinker. So, um, mm. you know, that was a great try. And once again, it's, it's Paul Kahn. Like that, that pass was just... Um, it was a good pass. It wasn't 18 yards that uh, Rexy claimed it to be, but no, it was a good pass. No. no. And then from that kickoff, Queensland throw it around again. Hancock puts in one of his great bursts. I know we keep banging on about Rex. He doesn't say anything about him. These are just like momentous, mm. uh, game-changing things that put New South Wales on the back foot. And they, they're looking. They're going, God, when's he going to do that again? And, um, uh, you know, Rex, Rex says nothing. But um, he copped a blatant swinging arm from Rampling, but no, nothing. There's no penalty. And Rowan just... <laughs> watches his forward and, and carries on. Um, mm. But New South Wales are looking really pedestrian in attack. Um, but Rod Morris holds on to Krillich far too long and gives a penalty right in front. And um, Melrose Place knocks it over and it's 8-5. <laughs> so they're not – it's not the scoreline. didn't feel like a, a true indication, but that's origin, isn't it? Mm. Um, and from the, from the kickoff – Unfortunately, uh, Ray Price gets smashed in a tackle <laughs> and uh, and loses the ball. And from there, Queensland put um, they put on a, a really good phase of attack uh, in the Blues' half and get a couple of scrum penalties and they're, they're piling on the pressure. Lots of great ball play. But it's not just Lewis, but it's, you know, the Morris, Khan, good running Miles and Scott. Inside balls and Dowling's and everything, and Miles is really he's, he's just getting um, he's going from strength to strength. Um, it's funny when I was watching that that back yesterday, we did, as you say, get a series of uh, scrum penalties, which just about ended the penalties that we would receive for the match. But um, yeah, we got it. We got a few in our, on the bounce there, and. I was thinking it was only, I think it was 1981, 80 or 81, when the differential penalty um, rule change was introduced. So prior to that, we would have had options to kick a goal. Uh, what would we have done? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was remarkable that by this point, um, uh, Cole Scott's last kick at goal was his third, uh, the one that he, he potted from in front. After that, Lewis took over. God knows I love Wally, but you know he couldn't hit a cow's ass with a banjo that day. He he was really really yeah. wild, um, which is odd, I, you know, because he he was kicking off. Yeah, and that reminds me of he's kicking off, and yeah, but um, anyway, yeah, he's he just yeah, you would anyway. Would. I I doubt whether we would have taken the kicks because I think by that point we had just given up on that idea. Yeah. Look, I think I think the theme of the second half was Queensland were looking. They were well oiled machine. New South Wales were just it was just one off stuff. A mm. lot of drop ball. The um, yeah, Queensland just had a lot of great a lot of great combination stuff going on and seemed to know each other's games really really mm. well. Um, but there was a there was a phase there. New South Wales looked dangerous. McKay pulls off a great tackle on. 
Thompson, but Thompson looked like he was away, and McCabe McCabe snapped him down. And a few a few players later, Mortimer makes a great break, putting Izzard away, and again it's McCabe puts him down. So there's that there's that last ditch Queensland defence that's that we 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 know and love, but um. You wouldn't know about it because you didn't hear about it in the commentary. You have to watch really closely. <laughs> <laughs> um, look at the next set. As soon as they get the ball, but Revo again dangerous, almost breaks clear. It's only down to only down to halfway, but it's a good 20, 25 meter run. Um, and then from that play, the ball Scott breaks them open. So even you know, and I've said it last week. I think I have to, uh, apart from the goal kicking, I have to sort of um, adjust my opinion on Scott because he he beat the first tackler often. Or yeah, super. Of the time. Bro- broken got- field runner. He he really did make a lot of yards. Yeah, and then from there the crowd started to get riled, and it was great. And the Queenslander chant went up, and Rex Mossop says. <laughs> It's almost like an animal-like crowd. <laughs> yeah. 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 Okay. Thanks, um, Rex. Yeah, good on you. Um, and around the 30th, 30th minute, but yeah, is well into the second half, Mortimer slips an in. They, they, they're such good players. I mean, it's always dangerous. <clears throat> Mortimer slips an inside ball to Rogers, who would have been in the clear, but Hancock, Got him down low when he had no right to. You know what I mean? Like he's mm. just mm. it's it's that stuff. It's like McCabe earlier pulling off two tackles. New South Wales still in the attack. Ten minutes to go as 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 Mor- as Mossop is criticizing Rogers, saying he should go off the like in a really snarky schoolboy um comment, um, his co-commentator, who I don't know who the hell he was, but said they're talking about Rogers, and he, this guy said, I think he might he might be carrying an injury. And Mossop mm. goes, well, he should go off the field then. But as he's criticising Rogers, he combines beautiful, you know, they're looking really dangerous and they get a penalty in front and take the kick, um, which it's only 8-5. And I don't know whether they should have taken it. But anyway, um, yeah, Melrose plays, takes the, takes the kick, puts them in, um, gets it to 8-7. Um, to Khan comes off. Vorton comes on. I think the, a lot of us thought that it would be um, Morris that came off because he looked like mm. he might have been might have been knackered, but um, he stayed on. Oh, good. Yeah. yeah. It, it pains me to say this, but Price makes a great break down the middle. Murray pulls off another. I, I didn't tackle. see that bit. I was looking away at the time. Yeah, he pulls off another great tackle. Um, then um, the, from that, this, a simple knock on from um, Niscott. Which is great. We really needed that because it started to get, you know, it's eight seven, started to get a bit hairy. Um, but Rod Morris is just rolling on like a train. He's just unstoppable. He's still he, his skills seem to get better as he as the game goes on. I think maybe his yeah. theory is do the tough stuff in the first half, and then I'll pull out the then I'll pull out the Roger Kuhn business and start. <laughs> Funny you should say that. I think you've been reading my notes. We'll come back to that. Okay. Okay. Anyway. Um, uh, look, Khan comes off, Vorton on. Um, Brett Kenny, the great Brett Kenny, he's been warming up for a bit. He finally comes on. Jesus, I would have had him on, but he, I would have had him starting the game. That's with hindsight, maybe. 
Um, but anyway, with just minutes to go, Lewis puts up a bomb and Brentnell takes it um, into takes a, a specky, takes it in the field to play, um, but he's pushed back. Mm. And in any other game, that's a penalty. He, he made it out. Yeah, he's got pushed back. Oh, no, he did. Um, yeah, he, he, he did. did, and he and did. he. He was clearly out, and the tackle had been completed at the time. So oh, pushing yeah. pushing him back should have been a penalty. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you get the drop out. Um, the great Greg Holman comes on with four and a half minutes to go. <laughs> then we, and then it's a bit of play. Then you know, there's three minutes to go, and Craig Young goes, "This is a great time to try and get square on uh, Rod Morris. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is this is clever footy." And um, it puts the knee into Rod Morris and um, the penalty to Queensland. Um, they, they 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 play out the they play out the set and at the end of the sixth, Lewis puts up a bomb, and Brentnell pull, pulls off another another specky. So he's like, as we know, like Brentnell with his Aussie rules background, but he just he's just back in the day. Um, there was nobody came within Kui of Brentnell for pulling saving bombs. But Queensland get the ball back from yet another dropout. There's a lot of craziness goes on. Queensland were throwing the ball around like they needed to score to to win. That's right, yeah. Uh, but anyway, somehow, um, Ron Hancock emerges with the ball <laughs> and throws it to a, a fresh-faced Fatty Vorton, and he just uh, did that classic, just stretched out, and he's over. And it's um, 11-7, and the good guys win again. So, yeah, did we it was, actually? It was, a, it was a it was a great game. Um, did we miss that kick too? Did Lewis miss from practically in front? You know, I reckon. I reckon they went. We're not even going to try. <laughs> <laughs> Good point. I do not remember. I do not remember. I don't think that's in the coverage. I'll have a look back at that, but I don't think that's in the coverage. That but I, it's best. just it's just occurred to me. That makes it 11-7 with a kick to come. Cole Scott would have been going, oh, I reckon I could get that. <laughs> oh, I think I think Cole was tugging at his hamstring you know or something then. Greg Holbin's your man. He's your go-to man. <laughs> well, who knows who took the kick? I, I don't know. In fact, well, I wonder if I can see on the stats now. Um, boom, boom, boom. Uh... No. no, they won't tell me. That is a very good point. Thank you. But did kids run onto the field? So and all that kind of stuff. So would it? Um, was yeah. It a thing then, like you know, everyone would it would it have been a workplace health and safety issue? I was never a big fan of the kids on the field business, but um, I think they did. Uh, yes, I'm just looking at the pictures now. Yep, they did. Yeah. So that's the end of the match. And um, uh, Rod Morris right. announced as man of the match. Yep. I read, um, I read somewhere that uh, there had been talk that if that match had been won by New South Wales, that they would have gone back to the old interstate uh uh, selection rules for the third game. Now, I, I've only just read that recently. I don't certainly don't remember talk at the time. Have you come across that? No. One? No. Yeah. Very odd. I'll have, I'll have a look at that. Some 
some troubles, troublemaking young whippersnapper thinking they can slip back into this picking the Queenslanders on both teams. <laughs> no, no, thank you. So Rod Morris has announced man of the match and neat segue into our um, featured player of the week. Yeah, who is Rock and Rod Morris? Rock and Rod Morris. Yeah, so a little bit about um, about Rod Morris. Um, born in 1950 in uh, Ipswich, so he's a 73-year-old youngster right now. Um, would go on to play 16 tests for Australia between 78 and 82. So, you know, of, of its time, 16 was a, was a pretty pretty big number. Particularly for a um, so Exactly, exactly. Well, however... However, they made special dispensation for Rod Morris and the likes of him because he was forced to put on a sky blue jumper six times mm. in uh, pre-origin days. And he would also have played uh, for Queensland in the interstate uh, days nine times before going down to Belmain in 79. So he, he started with uh, eastern suburbs in Brisbane in 71. Yeah, because his uh, older brother Des had gone to East. They both they both from Ipswich. Both played. Uh, now I don't have notes on this, but I'm pretty sure uh, they played for Bouvel Swifts in the Ipswich comp. Yeah. Um, both went down to East. Des first, um, and they both um, played in the 1975 Grand Final against West. They did. That's right. They did. Yeah. Um, and we've spoken about this before. Both both superb that, players. Yeah, I forget. I, I also forget. So we'll. I don't know. People can write in and tell us. I'd been. Um, I'd have been. They were ahead one nil at one point. I was out shopping that day. Um, so Rod Morris would play six times for New South Wales, and then uh, four times for Queensland in State of Origin forty. Uh, his club rugby, yeah, Easts in Brisbane uh, between 71 and 78. Played for Belmain uh, from 79 to 81. And I can't quite find out, did he play two seasons at Wynnum or just one? Um, I don't know. Yeah, but not sure. He, he certainly won three grand, final, grand, final, grand finals in Brisbane. He won two with uh, Easts and one with Wynnum in 82. Um, and that was uh, that was the end of his career. Uh, retired at thirty two or thirty three. Can't quite figure that out. Um, not long after uh, finishing his uh, his footy, he uh, I remember the reading in the in the paper in the mid eighties that he uh, decided to become a McDonald's franchisee. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. Um, this this started a bit of a trend. There were two or three players that would. That would do that. I think, I think Greg, Greg Dowling did. did. Yeah. yeah, he did, and, yeah. and someone else is in the back of my mind. Um, but Rod Morris got into it. John McDonald. John McDonald. <laughs> or Ronald. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, and he uh, Rod Morris would um, would take out at least three, possibly more McDonald's uh, franchises, and. I believe to this day still owns one or two of those um, franchises. He's a um, uh, a very keen golfer. I know he was a member at uh, Royal Queensland because I saw him out there once. Um, and I'm pretty sure 
he played down the coast, and I'm I'm not 100% sure. I think he played at Sanctuary Cove. Could be wrong. Um, he's a, a keen skier. I know he goes over to, or certainly used to go over to the States a lot and skied in uh, Colorado. So, um, yeah, pretty pretty active uh, mm. guy. And I always thought of him like that as a, as a footy player, a big man, sort of a shortish but uh, powerfully built uh, guy, but but fit, active, robust sort of a, a player. Um, I've, I've spoken before about uh, his style of play, but that, that's sort of how I think of him as a, as a powerful player around the ruck. Um, never really moved far from the ruck. I don't remember. I, I, I remember Johnny Lang talking about that. I may have mentioned that before as well, that uh, he was always comfortable knowing that uh, Rod Morris would never be more than a few yards from the ruck. Um, yeah. Very committed, uncompromising uh, player, uh, strong in the tackle and uh, and a respected opponent. Again, one of those guys that uh, you don't tend to hear any, um, any negative stuff from any... Uh, of his teammates or opponents, there's no one. I've never read anything that, about Rod Morris no. shirking his uh, his duties uh, ever. But also, like tough guy, but never, never anything. Yeah, I know. You know, he he, he would have you know thrown a few in his day, but never. Sure, but no, but no but cheap not, shots. You know, I don't I don't no remember cheap, the cheap no stuff. Cheap shot artists. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So what do we remember about him? Uh, certainly, I, I I was trying to think of a way to describe my sort of recollections of his style of play. And I've, I've landed on old fashioned. Um, mm. and, I, and I do that with fondness in my heart, uh, old fashioned in a good way. Um, uh, a, a workhorse, but a very talented workhorse. Love well, to slip the ball away. I was going to say you could add old fashioned with a, with a bit of flair. Cause it was like, you know, you just, just, you could get every now and then he'd pull off, pull off a, a, a clever, not necessarily like a, old-fashioned forwards, you know, disposal, but like a little backhand or an over-the-top kind of thing. Right. And and I I mean old-fashioned in a sort of a um, Anadi Beetson, uh, Johnny Raper, you know, that that Mm. sort of just clever, um, intelligent footy player. Um, The other thing I – Sorry? He's low risk. You never saw him – Exactly. Never forced the pass, but when it was there to uh, to play, he took it on. The other thing, apart from old fashioned, the other the other thing that I, I sort of settled on with Rod Morris was that he just never looked right in blue to me. Yeah. Certainly saw him play for New South. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Saw him play for New South Wales a bunch of times, but it just never looked right. He never looked comfy. Yeah. Um, and maybe that was me. Maybe I was projecting. Look photoshopped. <laughs> yeah, and and just like uh, John Reba, it just mm. didn't look right in in blue. Uh, yeah. Some players didn't look quite so weird, but uh, yeah, those guys just born to wear maroon. So, um, lasting thoughts. Um, hard player played as hard for eighty minutes. Uh, so played as hard in the eightieth minute as he did in the in the first. And I think yeah. you mentioned that earlier. Uh, in this particular game, he was just a fully committed uh, team man and a great team man, and uh, he was a guy that I always loved seeing play for Queensland. Absolutely. Yeah, and you can just sort of understand Johnny Lang's um, 
sentiment that if, if, if Johnny, if you had Rod Morris beside you, all was well, you know. That, that's right. You're never, you're never far from safety if you've got him next to you. That's, uh, that's Rod Morris. So uh, what do we need to talk about? Well, next week, um, good game news. Three. Game three. Well, actually, I think it was two weeks between this game and the, and the third game. But it'll be one week for us. And yes. uh, good news for uh, our New South Wales listeners. Um, if you enjoyed this episode, you're going to enjoy next week even less. Even, yes. Yeah. Stand by. <laughs> Stand by for more fun. Um, and that's all I've got. Have you anything else to, no, to bring to it? Thanks. <clears throat> Thanks for popping in, everybody. Um, yeah, we'll have a. We'll, we might do it. We've done music. We've done. Um, we've done a bit of news in our in our in our prelude. Next next week we'll um, talk about some of the big TV shows. Oh, um, that'll be interesting. That happening. Yeah, that, that's something to look forward to, and a bit of, and a bit of news, and um, and of course uh, uh, a bit of a rundown of how that game. That game panned out. Hopefully, got some yeah. better goal kickers. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, as I say, the rugby league is entertainment. It's the entertainment business, and that certainly entertained. Yeah, thanks. Um, yeah, so yeah, thanks to our, our listeners, and we've added listeners for anyone interested in the UK now too. So, we have, welcome yes. to welcome, um, welcome, one and all. Spread the news. Yeah, yeah. Tell your friends. And we're, um, so we have some uh, guests lined up. So um, yes, uh, good point. We'll introduce those in the next next few episodes. So stand by. It's not just going to be us prattling on forever. So as much as as everyone would enjoy that, uh, yes, you're yeah. quite right. We have some interesting guests um, that are scheduled to appear with us, and we're we're looking forward to that. But in the meantime, we're very much looking forward to next week. So. Until then, that's it. Thank you very much and goodbye. See you later. Can't hear you.